Gracious God, we ask for your presence this morning, that your Holy Spirit be in us and among us, that we may hear you speak to us and through us. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our blessed Redeemer. Amen. Well, we have been looking at children's books over the past few weeks. Some have been classics, titles we readily recognize, and some, like today's book, are a bit lesser known. Today, we're looking at the book, Each Kindness. It's written by Jacqueline Woodson, illustrated by E.B. Lewis. I originally came across this book a few years ago when I was sharing a lesson on kindness with the Sunday school kids. And while this is ultimately a story about kindness, it is also about regret. We're going to dive right into today's story. Our book begins by our narrator telling us it's winter and everything is covered in white snow. We don't know right away who is narrating the book, but we are immediately introduced to Maya on the third page. It reads, One morning, as we settled into our seats, the classroom door opened and the principal came in. She had a girl with her, and she said to us, This is Maya. Maya looked down at the floor. I think I heard her whisper, Hello. We all stared at her. Her coat was open, and the clothes beneath it looked old and ragged. Her shoes were spring shoes, not meant for the snow. A strap on one of them had broken. Our teacher, Ms. Albert, said, say good morning to our new student. But most of us were silent. The only empty seat was next to me. That's where our teacher put Maya. And on that first day, Maya turned to me and smiled. But I didn't smile back. I moved my chair, myself, and my books a little farther away from her. When she looked my way, I turned to the window and stared out at the snow. And every day after that, when Maya came into the classroom, I looked away and didn't smile back. We can all feel the weight of that moment. I mean, who hasn't been there? And we can relate to what Maya is feeling. As a mother, as a grandmother, I want to take that little Maya in my arms and comfort her. But I can also relate to our narrator, whose name is Chloe, which we discover a bit later in the story. We may be quick to judge Chloe at this point, but if we're being absolutely honest with ourselves, we have also behaved badly in certain situations 
during the course of our lives. I have definitely been left out, treated badly, ignored, bullied. Unfortunately, I have also been on the other side of that. I have ignored others, turned a blind eye, whispered less than kind comments behind someone's back. Not moments I'm proud of, to be sure. As the story continues, we learn about Chloe's best friends, Kendra and Sophie. During recess, the three of them walk around the schoolyard together, fingers laced, whispering secrets to each other. Maya continues her attempts to make friends, one day bringing shiny jacks and a red ball, a gift she had received for her birthday. She proudly informs the girls that the ball is a high bouncer. But as usual, none of them want to play. So Maya plays jacks by herself. The story continues. That afternoon, when we got back into the classroom, Maya whispered to me, bet you can't guess who the new Jacks champion of the world is. Behind me, Andrew whispered, Chloe's got a new friend. Chloe's got a new friend. She's not my friend, I whispered back. Oh, the power of peer pressure. <laughs> I'm sure there are many factors here motivating Chloe's behavior. Maya is different, and she's being shunned not only by Chloe and her friends, but pretty much the entire class. Chloe's afraid. She's being ruled by fear and selfishness. She ha has a lack of empathy for Maya, and perhaps even feelings of superiority. She's afraid of what the other kids will think. I know we can all relate to that. We can be so worried about what others will think of us. Focusing on that instead of on Jesus. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be something bad. I mean, I know many people that are afraid to pray in front of others or ask questions at a Bible study, sign up to serve for fear of looking foolish. I know, I used to be one of those people. When we're more worried about what our neighbor thinks as opposed to what God thinks or is calling us to, it may be time for a heart check. This behavior from Chloe and the girls continues. They whisper behind Maya's back. They laugh at her clothes, her shoes, her food. But Maya, bless her heart, she keeps trying. Bringing things into school, 
showing them to Chloe and the girls, but whenever she asks them to play, they say no. Spring arrives, and one day Maya shows up in a party dress with fancy shoes. You can just imagine how she must feel. She's thinking, maybe, maybe this will be what turns things around. She's feeling special. But the girls can tell it's all secondhand clothing. Kendra whispers to Chloe and Sophie that she has a new name for Maya. Never knew. And they all laugh. The story continues. The next day, Maya's seat was empty. In class that morning, we were talking about kindness. Ms. Elbert had brought a big bowl into class and filled it with water. We all gathered around her desk and watched her drop a small stone into it. Tiny waves rippled out away from the stone. This is what kindness does, Ms. Elbert said. Each little thing we do goes out like a ripple into the world. As Ms. Elbert gives each child a stone, she asks them to share something kind they have done and then drop their stone into the water. When it's Chloe's turn, she holds the stone for a while. Even small things count, Ms. Elbert had said. But Chloe passes the stone to the next child unable to think of a single thing. Maya is also gone the next day and the day after that. Chloe has promised herself that when Maya returns and smiles at her, Chloe will smile back. But Maya's seat remains empty. And one day, Ms. Elbert tells the class that Maya will not be returning her family had to move away. Regret. It's a powerful thing. Things we wish we would have done or said. Things we wish we would not have done or said. As human beings, we make all kinds of mistakes during the course of our lives. Some we get over quickly. Others may haunt us for years as we continually replay those moments when we were not at our best. In our story, Chloe is experiencing regret. That afternoon, Chloe walks home alone the story continues, when I reached the pond, my throat filled with all the things I wished I would have said to Maya. Each kindness I had never shown. I threw small stones into it over and over, watching the way the water rippled out and away, out and away. Like each kindness done and not done, like 
every girl somewhere holding a small gift out to someone and that someone turning away from it. I watched the water ripple as the sun set through the maples and the chance of a kindness with Maya became more and more forever gone. That's how the story ends. It's heartbreaking and painful, especially when we can't make it right. There are no do-overs, no time machines. When we have made a choice and acted a certain way, said or not said certain words, we cannot relive that moment again. But there is good news. God redeems those times in our lives. We learn from them. Hopefully not repeating those mistakes over and over again. But even if we do, there is hope. Second Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul, someone who knew a thing or two about regret, having persecuted Christians before his encounter with the risen Christ. In 2 Corinthians, Paul had learned that the church in Corinth was struggling. He had written them a letter which he knew would make them feel bad, causing them regret or distress, as it says in the message version. He speaks to their feelings of regret in chapter 7, verses 10 through 13a. It says this, distress that drives us to God does that. It turns us around. It gets us back in the way of salvation. We never regret that kind of pain. But those who let distress drive them away from God are full of regrets, end up on a deathbed of regrets. And now, isn't it wonderful all the ways in which this distress has goaded you closer to God? You're more alive, more concerned, more sensitive, more reverent, more human, more passionate, more responsible. Looked at from any angle, you've come out of this with purity of heart. Distress that drives us to God turns us around. The word goaded is used here, not a word I use a lot in my everyday vocabulary. It means to stimulate some action or reaction, to create drive or an urge. Just like the teacher's lesson on kindness had driven Chloe to the decision that she needed to be kind to Maya. Life experience is very often a painful thing. We all know that. We have all been there and experienced that. But nothing is wasted. Not the good 
or what we perceive as bad. It's up to us to draw on that experience, not bury it, not shame ourselves over and over again as that loop plays in our head. It says regret can draw us to salvation. The NLT version of verse 10 in that chapter says godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation. And it's God's kindness that brings us to repentance. Romans 2.4 says that God's kindness is intended to turn us from our sin. Well, praise God. That is really good news. Think of all the prominent people in the Bible that had incredible regret. Right out of the chute, we have the creation story. Adam and Eve, and David, and Judas, and Peter, and Paul. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's a gentleman by the name of Paul David Tripp. He's an author. He does uh, New Morning Mercies, amongst many other things. But he wrote a piece about grace and regrets back in 2014. And now, folks, this is a lengthy quote, and I apologize for that. But he states it so beautifully. I just, I just need to read it to you. He said, We all wish we could live certain moments and certain decisions over again. If you're at all humble and able to look back on your past with a degree of accuracy, you experience regret. None of us has always desired the right thing. None of us has always made the best decision. None of us has always been humble, kind, and loving. We haven't always jumped to serve and forgive. None of us has always spoken the truth. None of us has been free of anger, envy, or vengeance. None of us has walked through life with unblemished nobility. None of us. So all of us have reason for remorse and regret. All of us are left with the sadness of what has been done and cannot be undone. That's why all of us should daily celebrate the grace that frees us from the regret of the past. This freedom is not the freedom of retraction or denial. It's not the freedom of rewriting our history. No. It's the freedom of forgiving and transforming grace. In a nutshell, don't focus on the regret. Focus on Jesus. And if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, I encourage you to do so. You will be transformed in a way you never thought possible. Jesus is just waiting for an invitation to come into your life. 
into your heart. You need only ask. And if you'd like to talk to someone about that, I encourage you to do so. I would love to have a conversation with any of you. It was too late for Chloe to make it right with Maya. But I'd like to think Chloe learned something that day. Just like we heard in 2 Corinthians, I think the regret or distress Chloe was feeling drove her to become more alive, more concerned, more sensitive, more reverent, more human, more passionate, and more responsible. That's my prayer for all of us today. Rather than being buried under the weight of regret, we need to shift our focus. I'm going to leave you with one last thought. There was a man by the name of Johannes Staupitz. He was the spiritual director for Martin Luther. When Martin Luther was suffering under the weight of guilt, Johannes said, Martin, quit looking at your sin and start looking at Jesus. Let's pray. Holy God, give us the strength and the courage to stay focused on you through our words and our actions with our very lives, God. May we follow your example of kindness and compassion, your unconditional love and abundant blessings given freely. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.